Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds in the studio on a Tuesday morning. Kind of a bittersweet day today. The regular season of baseball is over for some, but for some, the second season starts in the postseason. And what kind of action do we have starting today, Mike? Well, we have four games today, and the 12 teams are involved in this competition right now. Unfortunately, none of them from Missouri. They ain't from Missouri. <laughs> this is this is so totally out of context. I don't, the Cardinals are always in these playoffs, always. Royals have been, but neither won this year, and both of them, geez, last place. Anyway, that's beside the point. No need in lamenting over spilled milk and what's happened. First game today, the Texas Rangers and the Tampa Bay Rays. All these games will be in Tampa. As a matter of fact, the home team is home for all three games. Starts at 2 o'clock. Then the Toronto Blue Jays visit the Minnesota Twins at the 3.30. In the National League, Arizona Diamondbacks play at Milwaukee against the Brewers. That's at 6 o'clock. And the Miami Marlins take the field in Philadelphia at 7 o'clock to play the Phillies. Those four teams all play again tomorrow. And then if it's 2-0, of course it's all over. But if a third game is necessary, they'll all be played on Thursday. And they're all in the home field. There is no uh, going between cities here. It's all in the home field of the team with the better record. And then the divisional playoffs begin on Saturday, and that's best of five. So we'll have we'll have some interesting competition coming up. I wonder how many around here are actually going to be watching. I would say a limited number, <laughs> since the Cardinals <laughs> and Royals aren't involved. I know half of the guys in this room will probably be watching some of it. Um, it's also that time of the year where some guys won't have any jobs any longer, and already a baseball manager has been shown the exit Yeah, the, the one yesterday's Phil Nevin of the Los Angeles Angels. Bit of a surprise. He's only there for two years. And the Angels, well, they just simply, even with the superstar, Shoei Otani, and with Mike Trout on the team, unable to get above 500. Matter of fact, they were about oh, 10 games below 500. And Phil Nevin, after two years, shown the door. In fact, he was 70 and 87 this year, 17 games under 500, and fourth last place in the American League. Of course, he didn't have his star player Trout for much of the season. And Otani, of course, uh, they shut him down toward the end of the year. He becomes a free agent. Nevin is a major leaguer. He played oh, gosh, six teams over a 12-year period. But it doesn't necessarily correlate into being a manager, although this is really not his fault. They had big injury problems. But Artie Marino in Los Angeles says, hey, I'm sorry, you're out of here. You have fallen on your sword for the team. Now, the others who so far this year have been let go is Gabe Kapler with the San Francisco Giants. Buck Showalter of the New York Mets resigned. He did not get fired, but he said, hey, I'm, I'm, Buck Show, I'm Buck Showalter. I'm, I'm a Hall of Fame manager and, and all that sort of thing, and these guys aren't playing for me. Hey, they're your problem. Yeah, play for <laughs> someone else. And, yeah, and uh, it's uh, in his case, uh, he definitely didn't need it. Nope, the, nope. the case of the uh, Angels manager, you know, it's just one of, those, it's one of those things where you look at a team and you know that sometimes, especially with baseball, baseball is, is really, really, really big about this. No matter how much you spend on your team, those guys aren't playing together. You could spend a trillion dollars in a team that was only a hundred thousand dollars. Might be. All managers and coaches are hired to be fired. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really sad thing when you start your first day as a manager for a baseball team. <laughs> All right. Uh, last but not least, I remember right at the season beginning um, when they started talking about doing the pitch clock stuff. Listening to you guys and Ned talk discuss it at length. Now that we've got all the data in, though, for an entire regular season, 
Did it actually make the games quicker? Certainly did. Major League Baseball games, on the average, lost 20, not, not lose, but gained, so to speak, 24 minutes. They're 24 minutes less on the average in each game. They averaged down to 2 hours, 40 minutes, and that's over an average without the pitch clock of 3 hours and 10 minutes. So this is a really big deal, 24 minutes from last season. And interestingly enough, it also, some of the other rule changes, there are more than 1,000 stolen bases over Major League. That correlates into about one, one and a quarter per team more than they had been stealing. This is, that's good. You want to see some excitement. And over 600 more home runs. Sounds like a lot. It isn't really, doesn't even come anywhere near what the Major League record is. But still, it does show an increase in batting average, in hitting, in stealing, and maybe in an overall pep into the game. And that's what Major League Baseball was looking for. Yes, I think, at least in some cases, the new changes are taking effect. I think I love the pitch clock change, especially having worked in the the sport for so long with the Springfield Cardinals, and you just watch these pitchers come up there and try and control the damn game and just slow it down to nothing. And it's like, dude, let's go. <laughs> Thank God they put that out. Don't look now. Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks are three and one. Well, they are, and they're a pretty good team. Geno unfortunately had to leave the game with an injury. How serious it is remains to be seen. And he had Drew Locke, the Missouri kid, who served as his backup. They made no difference. Seahawks run away from the New York Giants, who are in a free fall. They, they're not good at all. Twenty-four to three was the final at Giant Stadium. <laughs> the second game in 24 hours at Giant Stadium under the lights and the New York teams, playing in New Jersey, lose both games. The Jets losing to the Chiefs on Sunday night and now the Giants losing to the Seahawks. Seahawks are very good, very impressed with what the whole scheme of things has been. And you do have Geno Smith running the show, but then you have a pretty good backup and Drew Locke as well. Seattle wins 24-3 over the New York Giants. That's a nice win for the Seahawks. Uh, kind of a, a little bit dirty hit on that, if you ask me. Sorry, Giants fans, but that's the way it looked like to me. Also, Gino did get to come back uh, yeah. come back in, but at the same time, I wonder what's going to happen down the road with him, because he ain't young. Um, so, <laughs> I, I can't even begin to tell you the amount of times I've been asked about this Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift thing in the last couple weeks, and I'm going to say it right here and right now. I don't care. It doesn't affect me at all. Their relationship, whether they have one or not, doesn't affect me. I will say this, Swifties, Welcome to the team. If you want to be a Chiefs fan, you are more than welcome in the kingdom. You are going to only make us stronger. That being said, there are more people watching these games with her showing up than almost the Super Bowl. Well, I like to think they watch because there's a pretty good game. <laughs> Don't be a fool. <laughs> they just want to make sure they get to see Taylor the three or four times they show her on camera. Not moi. 27 million folks averaged out to the game on Sunday night between the Chiefs and the Jets, and sure, that helped a little bit. The high water mark of the game was with about, I'm going to say about 9.30, 9.45, when they had almost 30 million people. These averages fluctuate quite a bit, but it averaged out to 27 million, and that is the highest rated TV show since the Super Bowl. That says something about, yeah, it says something about the entertainment industry and the hype that's been going on with this particular superstar, but the football is what's important to us, and indeed, the Chiefs played very well, well enough to get a win, a 23-20 win over the Jets, and sure, a lot of people watch it, a lot of people watch Don't Fool Yourself because of Patrick Mahomes, too. Oh, yeah, but, um, you know, 
uh, that's one thing I will add. If it doesn't negatively affect the team, then do whatever you want. I do not care. It doesn't affect me at all. And again, Swifties, welcome to the kingdom. I do think it's adorable. I've seen a lot of uh, back and forth of some of these fans watching the game and not really understanding it. But then someone in their group is explaining, you know, well, when the red, when Travis is out there, that means they have the ball kind of situation, right? <laughs> Which is kind of adorable. But think about this. 10 years from now, 15 years from now, the NFL just gained a ton of new fans. Some of them might not stick around, but some of them will. Baseball needs to take note about what's happening right now because if they want to hold on, dude, the NFL's getting a whole Mike, new generation it's a, it's of fans. It's an altogether different level, too. When you talk about the style of game and the attitudes of society now, yeah, football's popular. It all runs in cycles. Baseball was America's sport back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and right up until probably 1975, 76, somewhere around there, when the NFL marketing division took over and made it the popular entity that it is. But keep in mind, this all, go, what goes around comes around. Yeah, it's all and cycles. baseball would be back. Basketball may be taking over. It, it's all a cyclical thing, but yeah, football's riding high right now. Yeah, and the fact that you got the million of these girls watching this game now it just blows my mind. <laughs> it's great. Just don't mess with my ticket pricing. All right, now... Uh, got the uh, Summer Olympics coming up next year. It will. In uh, in 2024, of course, and the games will be in Paris, we had a preview of ba- ba- basketball's a big deal uh, for all the American teams. And our team in the uh, World Cup, which was played this year, won their first several games but did not get a medal out of it. Now, this was they were NBA players, but they were second-tier NBA players. So how does the, the, the frontliners, the headliners view this? <laughs> Well, the NBA season is getting ready to start here. It'll start later on this month. So a lot of the teams had media day yesterday. And one of the key questions was, with the Olympics coming up next summer, are you interested in playing? And a definitive yes, thrown down by Kevin Durant, who if the USA, and he does play, the USA happened to win the gold, would make him the all-time leading gold medal winner in basketball with four. He has three of them now. He said, yeah, he's going to play. Stephen Curry said he will be there. And a whole list of others said, yeah, we're, we're considering. Keep in mind, there are only 12. The team would have to be cut. And to be an NBA player and cut from, uh, oh my, Who that wouldn't keep? go over well. Still, KD the, for sure. <laughs> KD is, is a great player, but so is LeBron. Yeah. And LeBron hasn't said yes, hasn't said no either. The one who fascinates me is Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> Embiid, folks, powerful player. He was the NBA MVP, most valuable player this year. And a star player, big scorer, big rebounder, solid ball player, All-America at Kansas. He played for the USA. But he could also play for Cameroon, his native country, and for France, where he's a citizen. So he says, I'm going to play, but I don't know where. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling he'll play for the red, white, and blue, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Fingers crossed. We could definitely use him. Ned, you have a great day.